everyone out there in Geek Vibes Nation, this is your pal Dane with another intriguing episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance, a show in which me and my co-host Christopher Brother Ray Patton, we break down wrestling, uh, the news, you know, we, we review, we, we talk about stuff, you know, wrestling related normally. Sometimes we go on tangents. I mean, I sometimes go on tangents. But we always get back to the source of it. And uh, any uh, past listeners, thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, we're going to have a fun little interactive concept coming Saturday that I'll talk about or I'll try to remember to talk about later on. Um, but, of course, joining me, as always, Christopher Brother Ray Patton. How are you doing, sir? Doing wonderful, man. Uh, went out to the store earlier today. Got outside for, you know, 10 minutes. And, uh Grab myself some beer, so I got a cold one, ready to talk about wrestling. How how has your week been so far, sir? Well, it's Friday for me because we've only gone three days a week at my job, so I have a beer in front of me, and uh, we're gonna be uh, you know having a fun conversation. I'm looking forward to, uh, as always, but you know even more so tonight, and just relax and uh, you know enjoy the evening and 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 the talking points, if you will, Chris. For sure. Uh, it's going to be a good break because outside of uh, watching wrestling, I've just been playing guitar and I think I should probably take a break because my hand is, uh, I feel like it's going to fall off, dude. You know, you, you can't say stuff like that, man. Like, you know, Joe, Joe Walsh would be mad at you for saying that. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta get back on it. Yeah, but he was on the druggas, Dane. <laughs> I'm not on the druggas. <laughs> Oh, that's a good point. Oh, all right. Well, yeah, um, I guess right at the beginning, even though I mentioned it, uh, talk about what I was going to say. And I, I'm going to bring this up on our Twitter page and I'm going to bring this up on our Facebook page probably tonight or tomorrow. Uh, but me and Chris are going to on the Saturday show as well as go over SmackDown. Uh, we'll go over any news. We might hit uh, the new Dark Side of the Ring over um, Dr. Uh, Dr. David Schultz and his crazy antics of being a fucking badass for keeping keeping the business real, Chris, and also for being cooler than Dog <laughs> the Bounty Hunter as a bounty hunter. So, you know, um, yeah. Schultz, by the way, not Schwartz. God damn it. I sound like a – ignorant. <laughs> Use the Schwartz. But – um. <laughs> Yeah, so basically the, the 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 concept itself, I don't know if we're going to do this weekly, but we're going to try it out. I want to talk about I want to compare wrestlers and not necessarily like a comparison that's like dead on, but talk about two wrestlers uh that have a lot in common, uh you know, are their own entities, especially for their era, and compare and contrast in a conversation. So I know that when me and Chris do this, this will be great. But when I know that when I put it on Twitter or our Facebook page, it's probably going to be a burning shithole. Uh, but this week, you know, and, and I mean the easiest example, and we're not going to do it for a while if this works out as a segment, is Hulk Hogan and John Cena. You know, you can kind of go up their stats, you know, them on the mic, them being a huge grossing point, you know, them them uh, holding down the forward, if you will, within WWE for a long period of time, stuff like that. Um, but we'll be analyzing uh, Macho Man Randy Savage and Eddie Guerrero, which I feel like as different as they were, they have a lot of common when it comes to different things that wrestlers inspire to be from them, if that makes sense. So should be a good conversation. Me and Chris are both fans of, I mean, God, 
I would say that easily Savage is in my top ten. I, I'm pretty sure Eddie is too. Um, but are you excited about talking about that? You know, deliberating. I don't. I don't think we're going to debate so much, but who knows? You know. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be a little bit of debate just because of the nature of the beast, right? When we start doing comparisons, which when inevitably will probably draw some other wrestlers in because there's going to be a lot of influence in this conversation. But hell yeah, man, I'm totally excited. You just told me that I get to talk about Macho Man and and Eddie Guerrero, two of my favorite things of all time, uh, for you know as long as we want to. So <laughs> that's always going to be fun. Yeah, so definitely, uh, you know, look out for our Saturday show. We usually have it up by Saturday night or Sunday, uh, recorded and out on any of the, you know, wonderful audio services out there, uh, whether it be iTunes or, you know, Spotify or Stitcher or YouTube. We have it all up and uh, running for you guys. So anyways, uh, let's let's kind of get into stuff. Uh, we have a couple news topics. We have a lot of news. A lot of it is kind of... Um, you know, unless people are trying to go at uh, Vince's balls, which there's plenty of places to go in and uh, and listen to that type of stuff. Not saying necessarily that he doesn't deserve it with suing stuff, but I want to talk about fucking wrestling and wrestling related stuff. And, uh, you know, uh, some of the stuff I don't have any grain of salt in, but we're going to go into it. And we should start off, Chris, I think, with this Dutch Mantel story. Um, right Wrestling legend Dutch Mantel claims he heard WWE is being sold. This came, comes off a hot tweet from uh, Dutch, and it says, Huge news. Any truth to this? Question mark. Overheard directly out of WWE Stanford is that a deal is being negotiated to sell WWE and the network to ESPN and Fox by as early as mid-May. And then tagged Matt Coon Music. I don't know what the hell that is. Um, but yeah. Uh, I'm, you know, a lot of people have ran with this. I, I'm, I'm not, Dutch Mantel is a, is a brilliant creative mind when it comes to wrestling. You know, a legend from Memphis had great matches with Jerry Lawler. I just don't understand. You know, even though he's had his hands in Impact recently, and he's had he was back in WWE as well. Uh, I believe um, he was escorting uh, Jack Hager. Um, I forgot what their name of their group is and his stupid name that WWE gave him. But, uh, you know, the, the kind of a racist concept, but not really. But anyways, Dutch seems like a reliable person within wrestling. He knows his shit. Um, but this just sounds ridiculous. There's so many there's so many things that are going into each other. Like if you broke this down and told me, like if this is about the pay-per-views, which is something that was brought up uh, not too long ago about WWE thinking about selling certain pay-per-views, certain networks. I can believe that to extent, but ESPN and Fox are owned by two different people from what I know. I know that Disney owns Fox, 20th Century Fox, for their movies and television and stuff like that. But at, from what I know, the sports, the station itself that hosts different things, and also their their uh, their news source are separate. So I could be wrong about that. And if I am, then that means that it just doesn't make any sense because Disney owns ESPN. So those are your two entities. If you're, if if I'm to try to gather what the information might have meant, if it is true, that maybe SmackDown is going to be owned by one and then Raw to the other. Um, I just, I don't know how much I believe any of this, but watch out of nowhere we find out WWE's like 
yeah, Vince just sold it to someone and Triple H can go fuck off or some shit because the original thing was Vince is not selling for anyone. It will stay in the family for however long. But then there is the mighty, mighty dollar. And we know that Vince is very happy uh, with that concept. So, Chris, what, what, what do you have to say about this? Um, you know, I'm not trying to downgrade Dutch Mantel, but this sounds like a load of shit, honestly. I don't – I mean I think maybe he's confusing the concept of potentially selling pay-per-views off of the network. So it's like we've talked about in the past where you actually have paid pay-per-views uh, versus your normal network pay-per-views, and then those would get streamed on Fox and ESPN's streaming services for a fee, whatever that fee might be. I still think that that's a possibility. Um, still a weird thing to talk about with everything that's been going on in the world and the fact that uh, WWE's ratings down and there's, you know, the outlook of trying to convince people to pay more for something they were getting for $9.99 kind of seems uh, a bit far-fetched as far as where we're at currently. Uh, all of that being said, Vince, it's a public company. So at the very, the very best Vince could do is sell his majority share. So that would be selling all of his shares at one time. That's where this gets a little confusing because it's publicly traded. I don't, he would maybe have to buy stock enough to have enough of a majority to sell it to Disney. Disney essentially is what we're talking about because they own ESPN and parts of Fox. And then you would have to, and I don't know where USA falls under this and and who they're owned by, but I'm, I'm assuming there would have to be some sort of buyout for the TV deals since SmackDown is technically on Fox, owned by Fox. It's on Fox proper, uh, Fox over the air, or Fox basic, non-cable. Um, there's a lot of moving parts You're there. You're basic. <laughs> Thanks. There's a lot of moving parts there where it it does seem very far-fetched just because not only are you talking about buying out both of those TV deals, which were both million-dollar contracts, like high millions, um, but you're also talking about buying all of the back content that WWE owns and all of the rights to the network, plus the majority share. I mean, that's a – it would be a huge I – can, I can't even do all of that math in my head. Let's just say that would be a very, very, very large deal. And the closest I think we've ever seen to that in wrestling would be – and it wasn't even really wrestling – would be the Time Warner merger. We saw how that kind of worked out for WCW to some extent but uh yeah I, I mean maybe it's something he heard and it did seem like he was just asking if it was a thing like maybe dutch is like is this like really a thing or maybe it was misquoted or whatever i mean he just threw it out on twitter like hey heard this was happening <laughs> is this a thing i didn't really see anyone else pick up on it except for uh you know some ragtag um reporters out there in the wrestling world but it's a uh there's a lot of moving parts when you start talking about a publicly traded company and, and what that would actually mean. And as far as I know, the idea was always to pass it to Steph and Triple H. Um, but who the hell I knows? I believe uh, so. And they also own stock. So if if Triple H, Stephanie, and Vince all sold their stock at one time, maybe that's uh, maybe that's the case. But I have no idea. Weird. It's uh, you know. <laughs> A crazy concept of, of the McMahons, you know, and I'm sure within some type of situation, you know, having 
having Triple H or Stephanie involved, especially Triple H, would be whoever if they were to buy out. You know, this is something that we always joked about that Disney would do, and now they're financially not able to do that because of what's going on uh, right now. But um, so there, there is still that possibility. I just don't see it realistically um, happening. I think that maybe he did get his words crossed, and we're talking about the potential, uh, if anything, the potential um, televised companies that we might be buying certain pay-per-views, probably out of the big four to air. I would assume aside WrestleMania, so Rumble, Survivor Series, uh, something to that extent. SummerSlam, maybe they want to throw uh, Money in the Bank in there, um, and I could totally see that. And then them televise it um, and try to make merchandise, obviously off the commercials and stuff like that, and treat it differently. And then have their individual smaller ones. Uh, Mania is their ones they do on pay per view or whatnot. Uh, either way. Quit trying to get us to spend more fucking money on the product. Goddamn. We're going through a pandemic. Like you said, it was it, it bad timing. But um, I don't think Dutch meant anything if, if he did hear bad information. You know, like I said, creative mind in wrestling. Uh, you know, it, it's just weird that Zeb decided to, uh, you know, give this information over Twitter. Kind of weird. Dutch Mantel is fucking tweeting, Chris. Well, yeah, it's it's weird that one Dutch Mantel is tweeting, and two, like, what the hell is was it Matt Coon's music? Is that like whoever does his podcast or something? I'm sure. Does Dutch have a podcast? I'm sure he has a podcast. I'm sure. Uh, Everyone has I mean, a podcast nowadays. Yeah, including us. Maybe maybe that's what he that guy is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I fuck. I don't know. Uh, I do think it smells kind of like bullshit but i don't really blame that on dutch because i mean we we've seen this rumor in the past and it like i said there's just too many moving parts for it um to happen yeah. and, and right now you know contracts it would be the time to with, buy it well just not only that it's like contracts with yeah we have one that's already on fox but i mean usa i think has raw for a good bit so what are they going to do about that buy out the contract for usa and then put on the spn or fox yeah, I mean that's that's essentially what they would have to do is they would have to buy out that that contract completely. How do you even shove those in once sports starts back up? USA would cry. I think that's like their biggest made television <laughs> show, and their second biggest one that's not about the Chrisleys is about a wrestler, The Miz, that's on the fucking thing. So that would suck for USA. <laughs> it would definitely be pretty bad for for USA, uh, as we've seen when. They have shows that follow wrestling versus when they move those shows to different days, despite uh, what people think of wrestling fans to some extent, as far as uh, people who believe in ratings and how advertising should work or whatever the fuck. But we just know from USA over the years, if you have something directly after wrestling, you get a slight bump regardless. Uh, Yeah, I I don't know. It's just so far fetched. But I mean, if someone was going to buy it, I don't think the stock is going to be any lower than it currently is now would potentially be the time to do it i mean it's sitting lower than it's been in a very very long time it just is very very just because of the tv contracts and the saudi contracts and some of the money that's just stagnant that will be owed unless they fulfill those tv contracts which would be really weird in what world does disney somehow work with fox in usa i mean it's not impossible it's not a crazy thought but it is like a very very far reach i would say maybe like a five percent chance of happening yeah very weird 
But um, hey, well, we'll keep on reporting it if anything, uh, you know, uh, realistic comes from it. So, hey, we're we're here to report any type of news that's like big out there. That's why we even and I, and I respect people, and we're not going to go into it anymore. But I respect people for not wanting to talk about the whole Velveteen Dream thing. But we did. We're going to talk about news. That's how we break down stuff. We give our opinions, and I think we do it on any type of scale in a very classy way. And I'm 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 kind of proud of that that we uh, we can conversate about weird rumors from Dutch Mantel, you know, talking about selling um, WWE to to the aliens that are coming. Are aliens coming, Chris? According to Tom DeLone from <laughs> Blink Twenty Two. They've been coming for years. We just didn't know about it. Well, hello. How are you? I'm so sorry. All right. Sorry. I'm uh, I'm going to stop doing that. Guys, that you was... Know, people I make... <laughs> we always make... Everyone always makes fun of that song, but it's like everyone always knows those first, like, three or four lines of that song. So I would say... Uh, you know, it, <laughs> I, I don't unabashedly love Blink-22. I'm sorry. I went to school... Uh, my freshman year was 2000 to 2001, so the four years of that, I mean, Blink-22 was like the the premier band. I have a bone to pick with whoever fucking made the documentaries on Netflix about the 2000s, and they went over their music thing. Hey, don't ask Generation X people what favorite fucking music they listen to during there, because I promise you, my morning jacket and the Strokes weren't as important as some of the other bands that you guys didn't <laughs> fucking mention. And I love the Strokes, and I love my morning jacket, and I like Wilco, but that's not what we listened to in high school. You didn't even mention Dave Matthews, which is bigger outside of the realm of, of a lot. Of, it was I was I was I was completely appalled, Christopher. I like that. I like that. My morning jacket. Like I don't remember anyone talking about them until they did that Monsters of Folk album with the uh, with fucking Connor Oberst from Bright Eyes, and then all of a sudden they got super popular. So I would say if anything, they should have covered Bright Eyes in that documentary. Yeah, <laughs> actually, Bright Eyes but... would be great. It was it was Gen Xers giving their opinion on it, and I was like, oh, okay, so our music era, we don't even get to say anything. You guys didn't even mention the Mars Volta. I mean, come on. Blink-182 was not mentioned. Dave Matthews, man. So what what, what the fuck music were you going for? Anyways, this is, this is beyond the point of everything. I apologize, guys. We'll get back onto it with some BS news articles. These are kind of fun, though, of, of different wrestlers or entities within wrestling talking about future stars. Um, the first one being Shawn Michaels, who, if you guys did not know, is one of the main, uh, you know, uh, wrestling um on hand like teachers at NXT and um, he was just going over like who he thinks has a lot of potential within the future. And he was just, first of all, he was talking about past people that he's worked with. Uh, and he stated that it was first with him when he got there, Drew McIntyre and Aleister Black, Ricochet and the Revival. Then all of them left pretty quickly. And then Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, and uh, Adam Cole and Velveteen Dream became his main prospects. So if you like any of those wrestlers, uh, Sean really helped out, if not the tail end, for the majority of the time while they're at NXT. And he was asked who would be people that he thinks is going to make an impact within NXT right now coming in. And he's going to have a chance to work with Killer Cross, a.k.a. Karrion Cross. Um, he said Dexter Loomis and then Timothy Thatcher – he thinks they're going to do really well. And then for the women's side, 
He's been working with Dakota Kai and uh, Raquel Gonzalez. I'm pretty sure that he's. I mean, it's it's. She's she's the queen of kicks for Christ's sakes, and she's got a diesel. So maybe he likes her for that. Maybe that's the reason why he's working with them. But Michaels doesn't just train them in the ring. He also works on story and how you can really emphasize certain things that he's done in the past to you know uh, go over stuff that you're doing uh, currently now within it. So you know it's it, it's kind of fun, uh, especially him revealing who he had involvement in. We, we kind of knew that Alistair Black, Ricochet, Gargano, Ciampa, you know, certain El Velveteen Dream, they, they, they did specifically, but to have his confirmation and for him to give his opinion on certain people. Uh, Chris, you know, HBK, Shawn Michaels, Mr. WrestleMania, the icon. Um, he thinks that Killer Cross, Timothy Thatcher, Loomis, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez all have um, high stakes in NXT's future. What, what, what say you? I mean, I have to agree with them because those are the three people that we've probably talked about the most as new characters with at least Timothy Thatcher and uh, Killer Cross and Dexter Loomis. Uh, the other two I'm not as high on. I guess we'll see how that stuff plays out. But I mean, Sean knows better than me. He's there training them. So maybe I'm just missing something. I guess we'll see. But the other three named, I mean, just look at their body of work thus far, how intriguing the characters are, and know that they're probably just going to get better. Um, And that's all great stuff, man. Very exciting. It's always cool to hear Sean dote on these athletes, knowing that, you know, Sean was the guy that buried a lot of younger talent back in the day. So maybe this is how he makes up for it. Oh, my goodness. Sorry about that. Yeah, I think Sean's totally trying to make up for past times. Uh, you would think that, you know, he would try to get Killian Dane over since he's like a Vader type concept since that whole thing happened. But I guess Sean forgot about me. <laughs> um, you know, like, hey, man, I was kind of a dick to someone that's, you know, like that. Maybe maybe he likes Walter. I don't know. Anyways, I, I miss Vader. Rest in peace, Leon. Um. But yeah, let's let's move on. And these are more, I think, interesting, Chris, uh, um, just because they deal with wrestlers that are being built up, and one specifically for you know the the two competing. Not that they're actually competing, but in the in the, in the wrestling fans, ugly, annoying. I want to fucking kill you if you don't like what I like. Heart. Uh, these are the two companies. So first of all, we have a wrestler. That's NXT. He was recently in a match on SmackDown where Sheamus just beat the living hell out of him. But apparently, uh, Cal Bloom, um, who is Wayne Bloom, a.k.a. Bo Beverly from the Beverly Brothers, if you remember them, their son. And the trainers apparently at NXT have been saying for a long time that he looks like the second coming of Edge, but he's bigger. Uh, Actually, to me, he kind of looks like Barry Windeman. But then again, I guess I think Edge has been compared visually towards Barry as well. But he's 26 years old, six foot five, uh, past athlete, uh, still very green as grass. But apparently Vince, you know how he is when it comes down to he doesn't have to see. He, he can see you get your ass kicked in the ring and then decide that guy could be something. And apparently, and this is there's there's no confirmation of exact quotes, but Vince was talking very highly of him, saying that he can be the future, uh, or a future huge superstar in WWE. 
and uh, might have actually given him some comparisons to like a young Hulk Hogan. Oh my God, young Edge, young Hulk Hogan. He's green as grass. He got his ass kicked by Sheamus, and he's one of the Beverly Brothers' sons. But in all, you know, good things. Vince does have an eye. Sometimes it's terrible, and sometimes it's something like the network where he realizes that's going to be something big down the line or certain superstars that he saw something in and ends up working out. Tricking concept, what, what, what say you about Cal Bloom um, and his possibilities based on the fact that Vince already sees something in him? So what's the, what's the name of the guy from that does the Sunday shows on Wrestling Geeks Alliance? You hate his voice so much. Um, or not, not Wrestling Geeks Alliance, uh, F4W, sorry, yeah. yeah um, I can't think of his name. Oh, he also, this, hey, Dave Metzler. Oh. <laughs> he does, he also does the Port, the Portland podcast, and he does that show with Benaki. I'm spacing on his name right now, but anyways, he put him over a couple weeks ago. Uh, specifically, he was talking about his, some of his favorite tag teams, Demolition being one of them, um, and went into, you know, a bunch of other tag teams. And somehow that name came up, and then recently, you know, as of this week, this dropped. I don't know enough about his work, but, I mean, anytime Vince, or you hear Vince saying, like, I think this guy could really be something, it means he's probably going to get a push. Um, he's got some good training, I'm, and I from the photo you sent me, he seems like he had a good look. I just remember him from the one squash match, so I, I haven't really seen much outside of that. But anytime that you know trainers are saying, "Hey, kind of looks like this guy," I could see him being a superstar, that kind of thing. I would just say, look around because you have superstars. You just got to go make them. <laughs> Especially when you're talking about the NXT roster Seriously. to some extent. But uh, it's never bad to have that kind of guy in your back pocket. It's just um, they have a lot of people that I thought were going to be huge superstars in WWE personally, and um, haven't made it there yet. Velveteen Dream is one of them, which. Uh, we'll see how that how, how all that plays out, or or even someone like uh, right now. I mean, Matt Riddle is kind of riding a wave, right? But there's more they can do with him, uh, and I, I think that yeah. guy is a superstar. I and mean, if he goes somewhere else, he's going to be a huge deal. Like if he goes to AEW, or if he goes to New Japan, which would be even crazier to see him have a match with like Okada or Suzuki, for instance. I think it just depends on what the definition of superstar is. Well, I, I think I know the WWE concept, that's for damn sure. But with Matt Riddle, his wave's got to get past that segment that they did on uh, NXT last night because the price is right or whatever the fuck that was, that was that was not good to me. But we'll, we'll get to that when we get there. I love Matt Riddle still. And Timothy Thatcher for, for being a straight man in this concept because him and Pete Dunne are very different. I think it works with Pete. I don't know if it works with Timothy. But that's kind of talking about stuff we'll talk about. Um, another person... Uh, that is on the radar for AEW uh, because of Jim Ross, who's apparently been watching this kid for the last three years, uh, is a guy that's being titled as the new Brock Lesnar, Parker Bardot. And uh, he's got, he's got, uh, he's a football player. Uh, he's in Orlando, Florida, six foot four inches. Um, and basically Jim Ross just said there's big money or, Someone asked him, you know, specifically because they knew that he's a fan of his. Uh, someone on, online said, do you think that he can make WWE money? Which is a stupid fucking statement, but whatever. So JR said, big money is earned, uh, not awarded, which great line. Parker Bardo 
has been in my radar for about two to three years. You do know that there's big money in AEW too, said Ross. And um, basically showed a video shortly after that of this guy pushing a fucking car like it's nothing down a road and said, hope to see you in AEW someday, Parker. Uh, we do know that Jim Ross is with Taz recently uh, at least revealed this at him, Cody, because Cody was in collegiate wrestling. By the way, I love the slam that Chris Jericho said on on Dynamite where he said he beat. I forgot what fucking um, uh, Xavier Woods real name is, but he said he beat legendary uh, collegiate wrestler Austin, you know, Creed. Let's just use that for an example. Um and then Xavier heard that and was like, what? Like on Facebook, very funny because they really did compete uh, against each other in, in um, not college, but I think high school uh, wrestling. But either way, sorry. Jim Ross, Taz, and Cody were going to go down to the NCAA um, wrestling competition and scout. And they have kind of made themselves the, the person that kind of like looks at these type of athletes and JR is very part of that. He wants, you know, he's looking at football players, actual college wrestlers, people of, uh, to that like level. But you got to be on the independent scene. Yeah, if you're telling me that that a wrestler can't come from a fucking wrestling background, fuck off. I don't know. Either way, this guy's huge. He's scary looking. I mean, this is enough for for Fox Sports to have a a segment about it, and uh, just has a lot of potential. So uh, apparently he's actually, I think, uh, in, in uh, what you call it, uh, football right now in NCAA. So let's see what this guy does. But um, you saw his pictures. Uh, how do you feel? I mean, obviously, JR has a good ear for talent, I would say. I mean, besides The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Mick Foley, uh, who else? Uh, well, Gerald Briscoe got Brock Lesnar, but... You know, most of those other guys from that class, Randy Orton, Batista, I, I think JR knows what the fuck he's doing. Um, but what do you think, Chris? I think I don't know enough, enough about the guy to say whether he's going to be a good wrestler or not. It's definitely got the look and hearing JR talk about how athletic he is and uh, how he's a freak. I mean, if you want to go make a monster type wrestler, maybe he's that. Um if you, I mean, until you see a guy in the ring, you don't really know what they're capable of. I mean, it could be early 2000s Brock Lesnar level, or it could just be like uh, a Bobby Lashley, a type freak athlete who's really huge. Um, yeah, it's like impossible for me to judge without seeing the guy ever wrestle a match. And I've never, obviously never saw any of his uh, high school wrestling. So <laughs> I don't have a... Uh, huge huge knowledge there but he said he beat Austin, he beat Austin Creed in a wrestling match so like what is the age gap here no, no I, Cody beat when, when Cody was in the ring and he was doing chain wrestling with Darby Chris Jericho said he actually beat illustrious um, NCAA uh, wrestler and he, he called Austin Creed by his real name and it was kind of just like a jab at him because he didn't oh, okay. really say that yeah I misheard you on that one. Yeah, that totally did happen. Yeah. They've talked about that before on a couple of podcasts where like Austin Creed specifically has talked about how it was a big deal because he was a wrestling fan. And he knew that Cody Rhodes was Dusty's son. So he wanted to do good, but then he got beat kind of thing. <laughs> Those are pretty funny to go back. And That's what here. happens, baby. You know, <laughs> it's the son of Duff the Rope. I'm glad he's still selling that. And I'm glad that they talk about Cody's collegiate wrestling career, which they 
did from to my knowledge or from what i remember they didn't really go too much into in wwe but that's that's good that jericho is bringing up that shit but uh yeah as far as as far as this guy i mean to some extent you do have to trust uh in jim ross who's been around football i mean he's what announced sooners games and season ticket holder and he used to do all the scouting like you said a lot of those big names some of them are legacy wrestlers obviously but some of them aren't and there was a lot of names that he brought in i mean like you said, Mick Foley was somebody he was high on. Uh, Steve Austin was somebody he was high on. Seeing their work previously, it's impossible for me to judge that kind of thing. Just because I obviously haven't followed this guy's like collegiate career or anything. I just definitely a good look. And I mean, people are making a big deal about him. But I mean, if also if he's really if he's a really good football player, he could just play in the NFL. So I guess yeah, that's the double-edged sword of it. Is like. Well, I mean, it depends. Like, if he shows up and he's, like, an amazing football player, he's probably going to go to the NFL because he's going to make more money in the NFL than he will in wrestling. And then we can have this conversation again, you know, seven, eight years down the line after he's done. Yeah, I, I think it's just a, you know, more fun conversation. The, the guy looks like a freak. My thing is, it seems like when it comes down to scouting, if you will, and obviously they probably, with another program coming with AEW, Everything that happened before the coronavirus outbreak um, definitely hindered future plans. Expanding, I think, would be one of them with their roster, which they're kind of slowly doing. I like this idea that certain people that, if they're not on the top, you know, are if they be like a Jim Ross or a Taz, are kind of going after. So you can see that. I'm assuming Kenny would be someone that's a branch to Japanese wrestlers or the independents just like Matt and Nick, but it seems like Cody and Taz are looking for more like, you know, actual collegiate wrestlers. And Jim Ross has his eye like a Joe Briscoe on athletes. Like he wants a football, he wants a complete athletic package to rebuild into a pro wrestler. So just shows you, I mean, along with Kevin Sullivan and Dean Malenko, so many fucking people that are creative, how much enriched talent is a part of AEW and not in just their young wrestlers, but the people behind the scenes as well. Yeah. And it's good that they're looking at both sides of the fences, right? So what makes a good wrestler? Sometimes you don't know. Sometimes it's just a spark. That's like Jeff Hardy. It's just natural charisma thing. Sometimes they're incredible in the ring and super crazy athletic. Sometimes they're just a good fucking worker. Like in the case of a lot of Japanese wrestlers or even Kenny Omega to some extent, even though, I mean, he's athletic as hell, but you know, it's not, it's not like he's Brock Lesnar. He's not like a freak of nature, (laughs) but uh, yeah, it is. It's always interesting to talk about. I just, uh, it's, I think it's more interesting for them because they're scouting this guy (laughs) actively. (laughs) Yeah. Um, which which probably goes a long way. Uh, I, I will say that, you know, that mindset NXT's had for a while, and to some extent it's worked out for them, and to some extent it's just been, we got a bunch of dudes. So it yeah. makes me feel more comfortable that they have people that <laughs> know how to where go out, do these talent searches, <laughs> doing these talent where, searches. Where the fuck is, is that seven... What what is he like seven three uh, African American? I think he's like a, a basketball player. And Kevin Nash has been working with him, trying to get him better in the ring. But, but he's been there for over a fucking year, and we haven't heard shit about him. Do you know what I'm talking about? I mean, well, they have Nash working with him, so he's only gonna learn like six moves. 
Hey, man, so here's the thing. I mean, seriously, you're a giant. Don't worry about it, man. Just fucking <laughs> let them do the work. You just kick them, kick them in the ribs a couple times in the corner, and that's it. And then make I a mean, fucking stripper move with Jada I mean, Tatum. I mean, like, the obvious big guy they should have – the big guy they should have working with them would probably be, like, Taker or Kane, Glenn Jacobs, yeah. uh, um, or even Sid to some extent over – you know, I mean, I like Kevin Nash. He's a fucking obviously he did really good for himself, but he's not the first guy that comes to mind as like no. a big man wrestling. I mean, he's a good promo and definitely got that gimmick over. So good for him. But <laughs> he's not yep. the guy I would put on top of the card of, hey, go train this guy how to be a wrestler. And you're yeah. <laughs> very limited <laughs> set of things that Kevin Nash does. Don't fall like that, dude. Just don't fall like that. I mean, also, All like, right. isn't Scott Hall a legend? So is it, Scott Hall should be working with this guy. Scott, I know, has worked with people because I know he's worked with Damian Priest. He's had a lot of hands-on on him because Damian's a big – if you couldn't tell, and we've said this a bunch of times, his two favorite wrestlers are Scott Hall and The Undertaker. Weird, huh? Yeah, and I mean, like, I would uh, – Scott, he came from AWA. Guy can fucking work his ass off when he wasn't – going through the problems that he had, he was a much better in-ring performer than his counterpart, Kevin Nash. Yep, absolutely. Um, all right, well, uh, let's continue to a sadder subject, Chris. Uh, a couple more releases have happened uh, with WWE. A couple of days ago, we got reported that Cain Velasquez, who had made, what, two appearances and then lost to Brock Lesnar in Saudi Arabia. He's been cut. Uh, today we found out that Curtis Axel has been cut, and Joe Briscoe, who's been with the company since the 80s, um, he's been furloughed. So I, I'm assuming they're trying to take him back on, but they just don't have a place for him. So he is a part of that whole thing. That's kind of crazy. You know, Gerald's been not only a part of, well, uh, kind of being Vince's um, uh, physical word, if you will, in the back, like when he kind of told um, – Good old Earl Hepner that, you know, gave, gave, gave him some talking points about the whole Montreal screw job. Unless it'll work, and then we have no idea what the fuck happened. But, um, you know, but also, obviously, making matches, um, scouting, like we said. Uh, he's the one who, who found Brock Lesnar first. Um, and, uh, you know, a huge asset to the company creatively. Um, and then, obviously, the son of Mr. Perfect, uh, Kurt Henning. Um, Curtis Axel and and Cain Velasquez, MMA legend, who seems like he just got hired so he could get a fucking fake loss against Brock, and uh, you know had a lot of potential in in uh, AAA and AEW wanted to get him. He went to WWE for more money, and all of them are are cutsy. We we could see Gerald back, but I, I don't think we're gonna see Kane or Curtis back. What do you think is going to happen to him, and how do you feel about these cuts? Curtis Axel, I don't have a real good judgment on who he is as a wrestler because he's been a lifelong kind of WWE guy, to my knowledge. I, I don't think I've ever seen his any of his indie work. And uh, the only real run he ever had was specifically just to build up CM Punk as a when he was a Paul Heyman guy, which is when kind of Punk and Paul Heyman split apart, and then they had a little feud there. Other than that, I mean, he's never really been utilized outside of, you know, he had like a funny tag team with uh, Bo, who was another guy, uh, Bray Wyatt's brother, uh, Bo Dallas, sorry, it's based on his name. 
Um, it'd be interesting to see what he would do if he would even pursue wrestling uh, to some extent. Because you remember, like, Ted DiBiase was a guy who left and then decided not to do wrestling anymore. There's been a, a couple people like that. I wonder if someone would take a flyer on him as Mr. Perfect's son because they don't have the rights to hitting. So maybe he could go by hitting and come back and be Mr. Perfect's son and kind of do a tribute. I mean, he's a good wrestler. I've never seen him do anything that was absurd in the ring that made me be like, oh, this guy sucks. And he's been trained in the WWE system, so he knows how cameras work. So I'm sure there's a place for him somewhere. It's just where is that place? As far as Gerald Briscoe goes, I'm sure he'll be back to some extent um somewhere and i kind of wondered sorry about that i kind of wonder if uh would like gerald briscoe is it kind of a is it a health issue for some of these guys when they're used to working in the back and and doing these things um is that why they're furloughing them to save money i mean it, it just seems odd because gerald and pat have been like Vince is one and two for what seems like years. Like you just brought up the Montreal thing. They were both were, was he like teach? Who was it that was teaching Sean how to shoot in the back? Like the night before, just in case shit went, yeah, shit went sideways. Um, And I mean, also they were part, a big part of that. There was like a sexual assault lawsuit and all sorts of shit. So I'm sure there's things that's going to, if they're not getting paid by WWE, they're getting paid somewhere as dirty and greasy as that sounds. Just because uh, if those guys ever really wanted to open up about the inners of Vince and what Vince is, that might be scary for everyone. What about Mr. Velasquez? What do you think he should do um, moving on? Try to get back to AAA, see if AEW wants to work with him, maybe go back to UFC. Uh, It just kind of sucks that how he was booked basically within WWE for the short period of time he was with the company. Yeah, I mean, like, he wanted to be a Lucha. They didn't want him to do that. They wanted him to be Cain Velasquez, and he wanted to be a wrestler. I think that if he went back to AAA, that could be really good. He could go there, work with the Lucha Brothers, maybe work with, uh, what is, is Kenny Omega still a champion over there? Is that a thing? Yeah, I I think at this point I feel bad for Conan because he's like, goodbye, Belt. Like, he, he told AAA, no, seriously, put it on Kenny, and it's a good idea. But Kenny's, like, I think had, like, four um, tile defenses, two of them on AEW, one of them on AEW Dark. <laughs> and, I mean, a part of that's not Kenny's – I mean, at this point, part of it's not Kenny's fault. And the fact that no. he had some trouble running some shows that they didn't sell off. Like, if you remember, they didn't sell off the garden, so they didn't move it. So there's some things that happened there that probably changed – scheduling a little bit but i mean you get what i'm saying like there's matches there for him to have and you could even see if they really wanted to i mean you could pull him into impact you could have like a big effect there i mean the guy still was still training as far as i know to become a professional wrestler and seems like he actually cares about the business and if he goes somewhere um i you know it's the thing he lost to lesnar but it was in a match that no one cared about on a show that no one cared about so i think people will pretty much forget about it and then just remember that he's the guy that, you know, beat Lesnar. So actually you, beat st- him. you still push him as the guy that beat Lesnar. You bring him in, you let him pull the Lucha things that he was doing, which I thought were incredibly cool when he went to AAA. Um, and you have you have a guy. Uh, I don't know what you would what you'd necessarily do with him. 
or how you'd bring him in. I mean, my original thought is somehow you build up a feud between some of the budding factions they have on AEW, and AEW could bring him in as part of the Lucha Brothers, or like the Lucha Brothers Enforcers, and then you get some good series of matches out of that. I mean, there's tons of things you can do with Cain Velasquez. The guy's still a freak athlete. Unless there's some kind of injury that we're not aware of, I the underutilization utilization of him just points to WWE didn't want anyone else to sign him when they signed him. Yeah, no, I, I, I can completely agree with you. And um, I, I hate to do this, but I mean, part of it's out of just being realistic. We're going to have, I think, more cuts. It's already been kind of uh, said from outlets that there are going to be more cuts made that we don't even know about yet. Um, and obviously not that I want anyone to lose their job, but just being realistic. There's a couple wrestlers that I kind of, let, let's just say, am worried about. Um, when it comes to the women's wrestlers, some of the ones more actually on the NXT side, some of the smaller wrestlers, like they've already got rid of uh, Deanna Parasso, which she actually said that it might have been a curse and a blessing because she was creatively unhappy. Um, and I kept on praising her beforehand, and obviously she was kind of just used in one way. But she said NXT was a great creative tool, but, you know, it just wasn't her thing. So that's, I guess, taking a positive out of a negative. Um, but like with the guys, you know, they're, when you say Curtis Axel, who do you think my mind jumps to right after that is Bo Dallas. They haven't done anything with fucking Bo Dallas. And I know that he's Bray's brother and there might be that maybe Bray can get him involved. Fuck, maybe Bray can have it so that he comes out and freaks someone out as, as, as the, the weird Pee Wee Herman Bray Wyatt and Bo Dallas is dressed up as a fiend and fucks him up. I don't know. You can do some creative weird shit, but that's a person. There is a rumor going around, Chris. I don't know if you've heard about this, that Vince is actually telling people that if, that if they want out that that can happen, but it's only obviously certain talent. So they wouldn't expect like Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns to do it. But people that have wanted out before in the past, I don't know if I'm going to cater towards that, but another person that kind of sparks in my head, he's always been a utility guy, is Mr. Dolph Ziggler. Um, so, and then when it comes to back agents, you said it last time, I'm surprised Jeff Jarrett's still there, or any of the guys that came from, you know, TNA beforehand with Sanjay Dutt and Abyss uh, that have been working in the back. I don't think Jeremy Borash is going anywhere. I think Triple H sees him as a good uh, person uh, creatively. But, I mean, I'm just being realistic, like, when it comes down to certain people. Uh, do you, does anyone else shout in your mind as, as you know, either they've, they've said in the past they want it out, or you could just see the fact they're not on television enough that it would make sense, unfortunately, if, if they were cut from WWE? I think it would be a whole lot easier if they posted salaries like every other major sporting league. <laughs> so you kind of have an idea of what the contracts look like because for all we know jeff jarrett's making like fifty thousand a year or something so he's not worth cutting i doubt that's the case but uh, you get what i'm saying so uh yeah i mean jeff jarrett to me was definitely definitely one i was surprised that they kept but maybe he's providing really good information and he's like i said i think he's a great teacher and you can say what you will about Jeff Jarrett. I know people either love or hate Jeff Jarrett. I'm kind of the one weird person that's in between. I think he's done a lot of good and he's done a lot of bad. 
Um, but he knows the business and he is a good wrestler in the ring and a good storyteller. So as a road agent, I don't think he's the most terrible road agent of all time. Uh, Bo Dallas, like I said earlier, I think that would be the next uh, hammer, the, the next, the next person to get nailed on home. Someone like Ember Moon. I don't know what they're doing with her. Oh. She came back from injury and they've done nothing with her. And I don't know if she re-injured herself or what, but that's another contract they could shed just because they haven't had anything for her to do. Um, let's see. It, I mean, they've gotten rid of so many people. I'm trying to think more of who would want to get out at this point because, like, Dolph Ziggler, for instance, Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode are two people I could see, but they continuously yeah. try to find something for them to do, and they seem to like what they're doing for the most part. I mean, I think Dolph likes the ability to go do his stand-up and be part of, like, the Diva show when he's part of it. It's It's so weird. And WWE is the one that's and we thought I thought there was going to be more follow up from these other companies with people getting released. And there really hasn't been as much uh, as I thought there was going to be. I mean, Ring of Honor, for instance, hasn't let anyone go. I mean, obviously, they're not working and I don't know what their contracts that like contracts look like. MLW is another one that signed people to some actual deals that we haven't seen get let go. The entire thing is a is a bit strange. But you have to expect it because WWE was hoarding talent on purpose. And, uh, I mean, like Fandango, Tyler Breeze, are those people you let go? I don't know. But do you think, kind of like going back to your last point, last question about this before we move on to Raw, um, WWE deciding to hoard talent try to sign people to do a bunch of stuff this ends up happening no one expected obviously like we vote we keep on saying the coronavirus to, to hit it does um and unfortunately wwe if even if they can save the contracts they're deciding to get rid of talent does this force a bunch of talent some of them that we listed known for you know, Impact Wrestling or Ring of Honor or, hey, AEW's a new guy, kid in town or New Japan. Could this backfire in WWE in a big way of fueling these wrestlers to really try to get themselves not only more over within the next company they work for, but work with the company to try to get it, you know, bigger just as a big fuck you towards Vince? Is there any credibility towards that? Man. When there was talks of Randy Orton going to AEW, that would have been like the number one to me as someone that could totally do that. That was on the same level as what Nash and Hall was when they left. I don't know that any of the people that we talked about, maybe with the exception of Rusev, who's just able to naturally get himself over and was super over with the crowd, is someone I see as a real threat. Now, that doesn't mean that they can't go somewhere and be super successful and be a big star and probably have a much better career than they were having in WWE. But when you talk about something that's going to come back and bite Vince McMahon in the ass, it it would be like losing someone, like I said, like a Randy Orton or a John Cena, or one of those guys showing up on the other person's show, much like it was in WCW, uh, or even Lex Luger to some extent. It's got to be someone that's on that very tippy-tippy top level. Uh, these guys while all good wrestlers like we saw with luke harper everyone loved luke harper they wanted to see 
Luke Harper do stuff. Luke Harper's doing good stuff in AEW. It's fun to watch. But it's not moving the needle like as if you heard that fucking Randy Orton's showing up on AEW. Do you get what I'm saying? No, absolutely. I get what you're saying. Um, And that makes a lot of sense, too. I just think that either way, you know, potentially from what we're talking about, a lot of people coming... And that, like I said, I could see Eric Young, I could see certain people wanting to try to go back to Impact, you know, now that it's under new management, if you will, and try to bring a lot of life into that. Um, same thing with Ring of Honor. AEW, like I said, is a new kid in town, taking probably some of the bigger names, like a Rusev, uh, like Gallows and Anderson. Uh, but one thing that they all have, even though obviously they're not like a Luger, or or especially like you were saying with the Holland Nash, they've they've at least... Their name's bigger uh, than it was before, especially for some of them. So either way, I think that haste decisions like this might not potentially do like a, a Monday Night Wars style thing, but it could definitely make Vince regret, you know, at least hoarding talent and then, you know, diving out on their deals, uh, which he kind of deserves a little bit. Well, I mean, the, the other way to look at it is if you lose someone like Ziggler and you lose someone like Bobby Roode who have good matches and then down the line you lose someone like Sami Zayn or whatever, then you get towards the end of WCW where you had all of these great cruiserweights leave. You had all of these great in-ring athletes leave. So or I guess should we look at it as like people jumping from WWF to WCW, who was the art stuff, or do you look at it the opposite way where it's people <laughs> leaving yeah. WCW who was at the top and are now going to these other places to maybe get a show what they have. Um, so like I it's said, great. I mean, it, it's, it's really weird to think about, but you know, probably Vince's mindset is these guys are probably mid card on my show at best for what I want to do. And that's very yeah. Vince, but that's probably how he sees it. And honestly, I mean, when it comes down to it, the concept itself, that Vince is trying to present is sports entertainment. And when it, even, even though one of his brands NXT is, is the exact opposite. I feel like a lot of the other ones are trying to become professional wrestling again, and they don't mind if there's a distinguished difference between the two. Um, but just interesting. A lot of these guys, and I hope so. I hope that they're all fired the fuck up. I hope that past, you know, epidemic or if AEW is knocking on some of their their doors uh you know some of the more bigger names i hope that they use it just like moxley did just like luke harper did and make themselves bigger stars and motivate them so that they can tell great stories in the ring and also great stories within their wrestling organization that they choose to jump to yeah and i agree with you and i think like one person that stands out that if they were able to get released and made a jump that could make an immediate impact anywhere and probably get over with the fans is Chad Gable. Yeah, that's actually Chad's. I didn't even think about, man, if they fuck up either. I also actually have a lot of, um, who knows if he's the fucking the weird guy that's giving up all the gossip, but stuff. Ali, I think has a lot of potential that they haven't used hundred percent. Shit, we already talked about Ricochet and Cedric Alexander, but now they're in a tag team. But Chad Gable, I would love to see do something bigger than what he's doing. I would love to see him 
utilize like a Kurt Angle, like a Owen Hart, as you know, just just as good as that. Like, yeah, he might be a little bit shorter, but he's a fucking monster Olympic level wrestler in the ring, and he can fuck someone up. And uh, yeah, I mean, think about him and Jeff Cobb in a match in AEW in the future. That'd be awesome. Or just think about him going to New Japan and wrestling in like Super Junior. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. With a a legitimate, with a legitimate shoot background as a believable crazy athlete against some of these other guys, like fucking it. At least in the Japanese market, he'd be fucking money and probably be making a lot more money. Well, that is true, and and maybe like someone like a Chad Gable or like a Dolph Ziggler, Bobby Roode, those two three uh, best examples, I think, could prosper somewhere else and realize that if they do get cut it might be a benefit more than a curse and i think that certain wrestlers like ec3 right now think like that no matter what because they were just completely underutilized <laughs> and you know humiliated for for the most part or or if you're just Dolph Ziggler, still confused about or that if you're just Dolph, or if you're just Dolph Ziggler, you post a t-shirt and then become the best-selling t-shirt on the internet for one day after you get released yeah. Uh, I, what what the hell is Dolph Ziggler's real name? Oh, not Dolph Ziggler. Zack Ryder. Sorry, that's who I was thinking of. Zach oh, Ryder. yeah. No. Well, Just, it's because Dolph's the one who promoted it or didn't promote it, but you know. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Well, it didn't happen to Colt Cabana's shirt when Punk did it, though. <laughs> Jesus. I love that Colt Cabana was a part of the WWE at one point. I would love to see how Vince McMahon would handle that man in a conversation. That's just <laughs> fascinating to me. That would be a great The Art of Wrestling podcast with Cole Cabana. Cole Cabana interviews Vince McMahon after all these years. Well, Cole, um, I didn't see any dimes in that at all. Like, not even a nickel. So, um, anyways, let's move on. We got Raw to go over. And then we have some amazing shows from Wednesday, uh, from last night. No offense to Raw, but I mean, just week in, week out, man. I, I just, I'm like, NXT and AEW, thank you so much. Um, but we have a setup with MVP on his interview segment, and it's basically pitching uh, a match that we're going to see with Selena uh, Crew with Andrade, a- Angel Garza, and Austin Theory going against Apollo Crews, Alicia Black, and Rey Mysterio. And, um, yeah, we had that match. Apollo Crews, Aleister Black, and Rey Mysterio ended up winning. Uh, Crews slapped Andrade in the face and challenged him to United States uh, Championship match after pinning him. And we would see what happened with that afterwards. Uh, then we advertised Nia Jax going against Shayna Baszler and Asuka in a match uh, that ended before it began. Uh, basically, they all kind of started messing with each other. Jax nailed both ladies out of the ring. And that was it. They didn't fucking, they didn't do the match. Her music came on and uh, asked backstage, Jack said she does whatever she wants and screamed at Charlie Crusoe. Her voice kills me. Um, she's a botch machine. Every time I get a chance to put that on fucking Twitter and Facebook, I will. And uh, yeah, I don't really give a shit. Um, she's just like most girls. Anyways, Chris, how did you like this opening match with Apollo Crews, Alistair Black, and Rey Mysterio going against Andrade, Angel, and Austin Theory? And how did you like the match that didn't happen with Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, and Oscar? <laughs> uh, 
Um, well, we'll start with the with the good, I guess. I liked the I, I liked this inch the the intro match. I would say it went a little long for a TV match. I think it was like 25 minutes, and I hope they didn't lose some of the crowd during this. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't have quarter quarter numbers or whatever. But uh, I thought it was very good. Austin Theory once again looked great. I mean, it was nice seeing Ray get a win. No, Ray didn't get a win. Wait, my winners are messed up. It was Cruz, Ray, and uh, who was their Black. player now? Maybe Alistair Black. Black. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it's my notes. I had Andrade. I was like, Andrade didn't win. Andrade with a powerbomb. Yeah. So no, um, I thought I thought this was a pretty decent match overall. I liked uh, a lot of the theory spots. I think Alistair did he sell like the majority of the match, or am I insane? He, he did. I don't like it. I hate it when he does that. Honestly, just keep him like like you don't have to make Alistair Black Undertaker. That doesn't necessarily, but like Taz wouldn't do that either. You know, like he's supposed to be that type of badass where he sold a lot. I agree with you. I mean, it would make more sense for Ray to be the guy getting beat up as the sympathetic baby face. Yeah. As the, the, as or the... Apollo Crews, because, you know, I mean, it's not like he hasn't done that before. Yeah, but it seems like they're trying to push him as, like, a guy now. You know what I yeah. mean? So maybe if Ray, if Ray gets beat up, but they still win the match, no one's going to care. Because it's Ray Mysterio, right? So that would have been the guy I probably got the heat on, um, as opposed to how much time Alistair spent in the ring. But, uh, yeah, I thought it was a pretty good match. Like I said, it was a bit long. When you throw in commercials, I think this thing was like 25 minutes long or something like that, almost 30 minutes, which was the beginning part of the show. Still better than them coming out and talking for 20 minutes, so no complaints there. And I thought the the action was pretty good back and forth. Once again, the only problem is, what is this, the fifth week of various versions of this matchup? Thereabouts, with... With yeah, people rotating out. I would say. Okay. Same. So and and the, <laughs> that that's more of the problem than the stuff that actually went in the ring uh, is just there's ways to tell the story without necessarily having a match. I think WWE is stuck in a format, and I could be crazy. Maybe you can tell me I'm crazy on this. Where they think the only way to build a match is to put these guys in tag teams against each other then do single matches with no finish and then another tag team match. And then someone gets the better of the other person. Then there's your pay-per-view match. There's other ways to tell stories. (laughs) There's other ways to tell stories uh, in wrestling. And even going back to something as, as crazy as like impact. And while I don't agree with some of the things that they did there, the idea of like, no, you still have to go face this guy. This is your opponent for this week because there is a ranking. And then maybe they cost you the match, which WWE has no problem with. They don't have an anti-no disqualification thing in WWE. There's ways to tell a story that doesn't involve me just seeing the same match with various people in the match. This this just is like very much what we saw with Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins recycled a little bit, but with a different faction. And rotating different people in. But it is kind of similar to the same build. Which, like I said, I don't know if everyone else feels this way. But I, that's how I feel about kind of where this is right now currently. No, I agree with you. And besides your thoughts on the women's match, obviously. But um, do you feel like Aleister Black should be much more of a loner? And they're kind of like putting him too many times in tag teams and... 
You even mentioned the fact that he's selling. It just seems like it's not what they should be doing. And I, I know Paul Heyman's behind this a lot. He sees big things in Aleister Black. He's the one who fucking used to book Taz and Sabu and all these other guys that are badasses. But I'm just saying, to an extent, do you think that he should be kind of by himself and that's about it? I do, and I think maybe the worry is is that they're currently doing that with Drew McIntyre, and they're afraid to give this guy the kind of kill matches that he should have. So they're trying to make him more relatable as a babyface. I think it's a little bit of a double-edged sword when you look at the WWE crowd. Like, if they just have Aleister Black come out and massacre everyone with the black mask, how long does that last before the crowd turns against it when you also have Drew McIntyre doing the same thing with, with his kick? Um, so maybe that's part of it, but I still think there's better ways to have good Alistair Black matches and have him sell. I mean, there's people that he could wrestle, like he could wrestle Kevin Owens, for instance, or he could wrestle Buddy Murphy. Um, there's other yeah. people that you could put him against without having to turn them heel or whatever. You could just throw them in there against Alistair Black. Yeah, because you've told us that his character is someone that wants to fight anyone, whoever will answer the, answer the challenge. If that's his character then you don't have to just randomly put him in matches and try to make him like a sympathetic baby face who's taking a beat down from three people. Unless the end goal is he's going to demolish all three people, which is not really where you want to go because then you're just treading the water you were trying to escape with like a Roman Reigns situation. Um, so I don't know. I guess we'll just trust in Paul until further notice. I don't think it's a good idea to have him selling as much as he is, but it was still a good match. And when you ask, someone to fill TV for 25 minutes. And I would say, you know, Alistair is one of the better workers in that, in that ring. That's an incredibly talented ring, but he's probably at the peak of his <laughs> wrestling ability right now. Uh, he may have done a lot of ring general there. I have no idea, but uh, I, not, not what I would have booked personally with Alistair. Yeah, uh, me too. Uh, we'll have to find out. He's still my number one choice, and I mean, maybe I'm just being um, crazy about this for Money in the Bank. It's just kind of like with someone that's that's so one way or the other, you know, it, it seems like he would have no problem cashing it in uh, for a heel or if, out, you know, if it goes against Drew McIntyre, if he's still a champion at that time. He might be actually someone that would wait with it for a while and let that be his thing. Um, but, yeah. Um, I just, just what the fuck? What? Why would you promote? Even if, all right, it's a situation where they tell us this match. I don't think they promoted it on Facebook or anything like that. But they still told us, Chris, we're gonna get a match between three of the most, you know, everything with Nia Jax, whatever. I'm starting to think the whole round of Rousey thing was a work, anyways. Um, but these are three of, of, of the chicks you don't want to fuck with, basically, with Oscar, Shayna, and Nia. And it's a bullshit nothing. Like, they don't even start the match. Nia didn't really even get that much of an upper hand. I think she gave him a fucking clothesline outside the ring. And it was over with. Like, why would they do that? I don't know, because it's kind of an afterthought unless they can re-sign Ronda Rousey to do some dates, I guess. I mean, I I have no answer for you. I thought this shit was all terrible. And uh, we could, I would have, I would have actually enjoyed the three of them having like a little bit of a square off. It would have been cool. I almost thought they were giving away a pay per view match for free. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I wouldn't necessarily want Oscar in the ring with Nia Jax. 
doesn't know which buckle a buckle bomb is. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't. I mean, I wh- what would be the point of the match? That's I. I was like, wow. Okay, you're gonna Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax, and fucking Oscar. Okay, give it to me. Never mind. It was it was just a high school handy. You know, cool I mean, but it, not real. I mean, the whole point is like Oscar versus. They're gonna try to build Nia's killing Carrie now that she actually almost killed her. And I guess you get Oscar versus Nia, which sucks for Oscar because they're gonna put Nia over. And then mm-hmm. once Shayna is done with Becky, then Nia will be Becky's next opponent. So. That's my guess of what they're doing. Hopefully you know, I'm wrong. And they give Asuka some meaningful wins and they can build Asuka back. But they're doing they're doing their damnedest to make her just be kind of an afterthought. You know, I, I'm going to be that dickhead. Everyone likes a kind of a different situation that I've heard a lot of people like, where would Triple H be if he wasn't married to Stephanie within the McMahons? Where the fuck would Nia Jax be if she wasn't related to the goddamn Rock and a part of the Analoa family? I think that by now, with all the botches she's done and injuries she's done against various wrestlers, some of their top females, actually, that sure ass would have been fucking gone, especially with the attitude she has. But, huh. But, but like, don't doesn't she have a lot of friends that are wrestlers on the roster? I mean, unfortunately, I've watched a good bit of, 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 of Divas, and Alexa is one of her closest friends, but a lot of the other ones, she's had... She's had confrontations with Natalia. She's told off. She told off a lot of them, unless it's like you know real world style acting bullshit. But I don't know if it's a work or or shoot, Chris. Yeah, I mean, I just she she always she every time she comes off on like some kind of interview with that's non wrestling related and it involves other female wrestlers, much like this Twitter thing that came out recently or Zoom meeting or whatever they had. She always comes off like they like her. And she's super friendly with them. I just don't know. Like, I, I don't know. I don't have an answer for you here. I think that, yes, definitely The Rock plays a little bit into that. But I, I don't know how much it is that she has friends there or whatever. Or maybe they don't see her botches as bad as other botches. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of bad things that happen in wrestling in general. It just seems like a lot of them happen around Nia. Now, like, if if she would have actually dropped Charlotte on her head and Charlotte never wrestled again, then probably. Yeah. I I think I'm trying to remember how bad the Sasha was. The Sasha one was because, you know, I think what is she just ragdoll her and separate her shoulder. I think I can't remember. And that's part of it. And, and like, I don't know. We, we've talked about that. And I realized that on my own behalf, I just, I mean, it's not, that just I mean, if you know, if if you really want to answer the question, they they never really have had a monster character since they brought in Awesome Kong, who they called Karma, who unfortunately, or not, I won't say unfortunately, but she got pregnant and that ruined, that ended it. It ended whatever push and then she never came back right and then this is their first attempt to really have a monster female wrestler and i don't think vince is ready to give up on it you also have the rock ties and i think if you just worked a little safer it would be fine yeah i I would just i'd rather them give that opportunity to uh tamina but i i know that she has the bad last name now so 
well, it, I mean, it's that and they they had buried her for so long that I don't know how you even how you even pull out of that, right? So, I mean, the yeah. actual the actual answer is don't ask them to do as much as you're asking them to do in some situations. Like, yeah, no, I mean, it makes sense. It's not like she went out there and talked to the road agent and was like, I should do a buckle bomb. <laughs> I hope not. And I would hope that whoever's helping book those matches would go, I don't think we really need a buckle bomb here. Like, I don't think, you know, give her a choke slam. Like, you know what? When we were talking about Kevin Nash five moves, give Nia five moves. Have her get really good at those five Have moves. Have Kevin and- Nash. Oh, my God. <laughs> you are so brilliant. And I'm serious. Have Kevin Nash just retrain fucking Nyage. Like, no, 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 you're just doing it all wrong. Just, just relax in the corner. Look at him. Give him a peace sign. And you knee him in the stomach real quick, and then you throw him in the corner, and then you give him like a long leg. You know, hey, I, I love Kevin Nash. I love being sexy. I'm just saying. You know. Giants. I mean, for, for for real. I mean, like Big Show, for instance, was always a super. For as far as I know, has always been a super safe worker, right? While yeah. He wasn't as limited in his early career, but Big Show made a career of doing like, I don't know, five to ten things. Just give her five to ten things. Well, you she know, maybe be that's actually, maybe that's actually a part of it. Maybe Nia is doing too much because Big Show even admitted when he went to the WWE, he was so he was getting so pissed off because he was doing a lot of things he did as a giant, which if you remember in WCW. Very impressive. He would do fucking drop kicks. He would he would do an elbow drop off the top rope. He would do stuff that there's no reason for him to do. And people didn't like it, and he wasn't having the best morale in the company. And Austin took it upon himself to motivate him by pissing him off during a European tour, by fucking with him and being as stiff as possible. So at one time, fucking Big Show snapped, grabbed Austin physically, threw him in the corner, and just went and chopped the shit out of him. And Austin goes, there you go, kid. You're getting it. Like, and it, it kind of just clicked. Like, I can do less because I'm a monster. I don't have to fucking give a buckle bomb. I don't have to do all this crazy shit. It's very simple stuff. It looks devastating because of your size and how you, how much force you're throwing down. So you and, don't have to and, do a bunch of crazy shit. And I think that's part of it. And, I mean, some of the stuff that I've complained about is her just doing, like, really bad body slams and just being a little careless but like something like a buckle bomb like whoever called that move or whoever thought that was a good idea it's just not it wasn't a good idea let's just say that um but we're I gonna think blame ways... it on vince russo <laughs> yeah i guess i blame it on russo uh no he'd be wanting a shoot fight between all the women no, on the bro roster. so i fucking heard <laughs> naya jacks bro she was in the back saying she she whoop anyone's fucking ass. So I said, bro, let's have a fucking fighting tournament, bro. And fucking Jim Cornette sucks. Fuck, bro. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord. All right. Well, anyways, let, let's go through a couple of these matches. All right. So next we have two matches that we'll just talk briefly about um a squash match with bobby lashley defeating denzel uh Dejeuner, uh with a spear and, and uh we had a match with Liv morgan she had a second match with ruby riot it doesn't look like it's going to be in a series of matches 
but she defeated Ruby Riot second week in a row with her new finisher called the Oblivion. And after the match, Morgan was interviewed and said she has many chapters left in her career and will figure it out. Very, very vague. Uh, what do you think about these matches, Chris? So the Bobby Lashley match was clearly just a, a squash match. I thought it was pretty funny. He had a little bit of a comeback, and he gave he gave Lashley kind of a, like a slap. Um, and Saxton was like, that's quite the receipt. Um, and it really wasn't. It was very, very soft. <laughs> and then Lashley beat the ever-loving shit out of him. And then, uh, you know, it was fine. Whatever. I, I don't know. I don't think they know what they're doing with Lashley, and I have no clue either. Uh, with Liv Morgan and Ruby Riot. For me, Liv has kind of won two weeks in a row with good wins. So I don't know what this means for Ruby Riot, but I mean possibly a release. And then as far as Liv Morgan saying we'll see what the future holds, maybe possibly a release. I don't know. Um, hopefully not because they've been trying to push her. But uh, I, I kind of like the new finisher okay. I don't know if you're you're huge on it, but I thought it was all right. I don't remember it, honestly. I'll pay attention next time. But, um, yeah. Um, it's a thing against Liv Morgan. I just kind of tuned out because I saw this fucking match a week ago. And, and both ladies were great, but it's like, you know, what they do. They just do the same thing over and over again. Um, but, yeah. A uh, very vague way to end things with that interview. We had the return of the modern-day Maharaja. Jinder Mahal. He went against Akira Tozawa. He hasn't seen Jinder in a while. He was uh, a part of that whole entire 24-7 uh, thing in the beginning of that, actually, um, where he lost it on the airplane. Uh, that was the last time I remember seeing Jinder. I don't know if he was getting over some type of injury or whatnot, but I'm going to say it right now. Well, Akira, you know, they, they had a match. It was obviously going to meant for to put Jinder over because he's returning. Um, and Akira has been doing pretty well, I think, uh, as of recently in a lot of his matches on Raw and on NXT. Uh, but with Jinder, I think they're bringing him here, Chris, to be the next person to feud with his old friend, Drew McIntyre. He's an ex-champion. Uh, the match might not be what I would really prefer to see, if you will. But storyline-wise, it kind of makes sense. Um, he's, he's also shipped back heel so it's i think that's where they're going with it maybe i'm jumping the gun a bit but uh what did you think about the return of uh the modern day maharaja and him beating akira to zawa with the coloss didn't they fire like half his crew i don't know did they i think the they, bollywood boys yeah i think they got fired? rid of one of the bollywood boys i don't know if they got rid of both of them but i'm pretty sure i saw one of them on that release last week so that'll be interesting in itself i mean um, if you're going to bring Ginger against Drew McIntyre at this point, it should just be so Drew McIntyre kills him and kills it really yeah, quickly. Yeah. Uh, there, should, there shouldn't be, like, do not try to make this a pay-per-view match. No one, you can't rebuild Mahal. Um, it, it was almost jokingly that people even accepted him into the main event. If it wasn't for Randy Rhodes, or not Randy Rhodes, the guitar player, uh, Randy Orton almost killing that guy by throwing him like 45 Randy feet in the Orton. air. 
<laughs> and the way he says Randy Orton, I don't, I don't know that anyone would have cared. I mean, look, man, he's been off TV for forever. Maybe you can try to rehab him, but putting him against Jinder Mahal is going to make an immediate turnoff for the crowd and probably bring down Drew McIntyre's stock a little bit by reminding people that he was part of the three-man band to begin with, which I don't think is a good idea. Yeah, and he's Slater doesn't even have a job, and he has kids. So they can't really go all the way with all three of them. Um, <laughs> but gender, yeah, I could just see WWE just doing that. That seems like something WWE would do. But, yeah, obviously it would be to get Drew McIntyre over. I just know some people were happy about seeing gender back. I don't get it personally. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, Wrestling Inc. and their after show. I know Matt Morgan, who's a wrestler who likes big guys was happy to see him back and uh, I can appreciate having a different opinion on that because I could give two fucks less if gender's on my television. I understand he's a hard worker. He seems like actually a really nice guy stylistically in the ring. He's never done it for me and his heel work is a dime a dozen. And some of it's just actually kind of, I don't know, ignorant. <laughs> he shouldn't be, we shouldn't have that style of fucking heel, you know, from the middle East anymore. But what do I know? I know that he's chiseled like a million bucks, and I guess that might be the appeal. But that's the same appeal to Bobby Lashley and a lot of other wrestlers. And there's guys that are extremely cut that know how to fucking work. And I guess that's just how I feel about that. I mean, a uh, uh, spade is spade. You have Wardlow, who I had not seen anything from, who had a way better match than Jinder Mahal. Yeah. In in the same week. So like I, whatever. If you jacked fine whatever i don't care i just know that i don't want to see him wrestle anyone and i can't think of one good gender mahal match ever except for the one where randy orton launched that guy 45 feet in the air and it's only just to watch <laughs> randy orton almost kill that guy <laughs> uh all right <clears throat> let's go to the next thing that kind of confused me um we have the u.s championship match andrade going against apollo cruz and basically it ended Really good match, back and forth. Uh, Andrade kept on going after Cruz's leg, and by the end of it, it was a ref stoppage when Cruz appeared to blow out his knee from a frog splash. The way they set it up was really cool uh, because uh, Cruz is on the apron, Andrade's on the floor. He went to go do a, um, a moonsault like he's done before from there, and it looked like he just kind of like landed awkwardly, so it kind of looked legit. And um, later on, he tried to do the frog splash, like I said, and he just completely, you know, over-rotated, looked like he really blew it out. Uh, later in the show, Cruz uh, left in crutches, and uh, apparently they don't think he's going to be medically cleared, so they think that they're going to have to get someone else to take his place for this. And he was crying. All right, I where, where are we going with this? Uh, just to put another person in. Why? Why not give fucking Apollo Crews a chance? I Obviously, he's not. This is all just a fucking work. I, so I, I don't understand what's the idea of taking Apollo Crews out. Is this just a way to get like MJF or not MJF? Um, like one of the guys that have lost um, in it, like MVP or something. Why not? Why, why didn't you just have MVP beat Apollo Crews? This is this is going around your ass at your elbow sort of booking. I don't I don't fucking understand it, but. If, if this is the case and Apollo Crews was taken out of the match with a fake injury, then fuck you, WWE, because, I mean, seriously, that's that's how you're going to do it. Push him a little bit and then never mind. Let him go. God. 
Sorry. Hmm. Sure, if it's just so that he can sell the injury during the match, but if not, somebody called Jim Cornette. I think he might be mad at me. It's going to be Kevin Owens. Right? Oh. Uh. Has to be KO. If if he's out, who else do you throw in that match? You throw Kevin Owens in there. Yeah, throw someone in there that they lost. It would make sense that Kevin Owens would show up and talk about how Seth Rollins is getting his shot at the title after he just beat Seth Rollins and then win Money in the Bank and then kind of go on a run. Because I've been saying that forever. That would make sense. And this is the way you get there. That kind of sucks for Apollo Crews. Um, but maybe Apollo Crews factors into the match, which I still think that's kind of weak. Uh, if it's me and the way they've been pushing Apollo Crews, which I think they have a job with kind of showing off his skills a little bit, uh, would be to have him still wrestle the match and then maybe succumb to his injury towards the end as he's about to get the title and, you know, or the not the title, but the briefcase, you get what I'm saying? And that that be what cost him is because he was already injured. I doubt they'll do that. My bet would be that Kevin Owens is just going to be in Money in the Bank because, like I said beforehand, two weeks ago, they need they need someone to fall off shit. Kevin Owens is a solid guy to fall off top of shit. <laughs> He really is. He's pretty much perfect for that. Um, yeah, we'll have to find out, but I like that. Uh, I like that idea. That's for sure. So next, we have the Viking Raiders and the Street Profits exchange words in a pair of promos, and we're gonna have that uh, next week between the two. Um, they've really just completely sucked the life out of both these teams for me, though. So I don't care as much. And when they were in NXT, I loved both these teams. That's what sucks about it, really. I hope the Viking Raiders come in out in T-shirts with uh, turkey bones. Um, Street Profits are going to win. I don't know why the fuck they put it on the Viking Raiders. What what do you think's going to (laughs) happen? I hope they come out with a shirt that says Viking Club, and it's like a skeleton with a Viking helmet on with turkey bones behind it. That would be fucking spot on. (laughs) Get behind the marketing on that. I thought the interview was fine. Um, I don't know. It seems like they're behind the Street Profits, so I feel like they're just going to end up beating the Viking Raiders, and the Viking Raiders will just go back to nothingness for a while again. Yeah, probably. Um, just uh, interesting stuff. I love both teams. I really do. I'm not trying to be down. It's just there's a lack of enthusiasm. Hey, and the thing is, I always say that Ross better than SmackDown, so... You know, you guys must love me when I talk about that stuff. <laughs> would you get? Um, there's usually get a lot super, of good wrestling. Would you get super behind the Viking Club shirt? <laughs> no, dude, that fuck yeah, redo it. I'm yeah. saying, dude, I'm I, I don't even care if, if I sound like a crackhead. Just pretend, yeah, they're the Viking Raiders. Also, next week, they're 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 demolition. They're demolition 3K or some <laughs> bullshit like that. Just fucking Vince wants it back. Fucking do it. Have have someone be Mr. Fuji. I don't I don't know who can be that person, but call them Mr. Fuji. Have them not even be Asian. Have them be fucking you know whatever. I mean be they've awesome. been they've been waiting for their chance to take a shot at uh like young bucks. Here's their chance. You make yourself the you make them <laughs> you make them the Viking club and put the turkey bones behind like a skull with a Viking helmet on. I could see it. That shit would sell. I like it. I, I like the design. I really do. I'm also thinking about the idea of Funaki coming out as the new Mr. Mr. Fuji with the uh, new demolition. So either way, man, they're game. <laughs> I love every time I see him on commentary Indeed. when they have to show when they have to show everyone that's a 
commentator, and then you get to Funaki, and he's so happy, and it makes me so happy. I know. I always get excited to see him, too. Him and um the other guy from uh, – not, not, not the Mountie, but the other one that's a part of the French team. I can't remember his name. Goddamn. Uh, doesn't matter. It really does not matter. Let's move on. Uh, Ricochet and Cedric Alexander went against Everrise. Uh, Everrise shows promise in NXT. I'm glad they're getting some experience. This is definitely a match to put over Ricochet and, and Cedric Alexander. Once again, they tried something different, and they won with a top rope double stomp flatliner combination. Thought this is another cool idea for a finisher. So I like what they're trying. They're trying to make it a team. This is where I was like very excited that that what I thought was going to happen was going to happen, Chris. And then immediately WWE was like, nope, because MVP uh, <laughs> came on the screen and started talking about how good they are and blah, 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 blah. But he doesn't want to represent them. No, he wants to represent Shane Thorne and Brandon Vink. Brandon Vink, who is over, I guess, because Jerry Lawler fucking loves him so much and praises him. And they're going to have a match against them. Why? Uh, I mean, I guess we could still get it if they win, and then MVP tries to, like, help them out, but that sounds sleazy. But I really thought that, that was going to happen, and then, nope, never mind, Dane. Um, how'd you like their match, and how do you like this proposal with MVP and Shane Thorne and, and Brandon Vink? I mean, the match was very, very quick and kind of just, like, it, a spots and then done, right? Uh, I liked it. <laughs> I thought it was fine. Uh, the MVP thing was weird. And also, like, once again, wrestling names you're never going to get over with, Vink. <laughs> Vink is up there. <laughs> Top names you're not going to get over with. It's like being named Z-Man. Huh? Oh, God, Z-Man. Tom Zink. Oh, Lord. I haven't heard that name in a long time. I said he should be Rip, Rip Van Zvinkel. Never mind. Don't worry about it. He should, he should be Vinkman from fucking Ghostbusters. This would be his whole gimmick. <laughs> just, you know, just Vinkelstein. All right, this joke has gotten old. Um, let's move on to the signing. We had Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre sign their contracts for Money in the Bank. Uh, McIntyre gave a nice little headbutt to Rollins and was attacked by the disciple, uh, Buddy Murphy. Oh, no, no, he's just he's just Murphy. McIntyre laid out Murphy with the Claymore kick as a sacrifice, basically, for Seth, who pushed him in the way. Um, and, you know, I, I'm i still not digging this, this heel character for Seth. I think that he's just, I, I don't know, I, I, he doesn't come off like a cult leader. He's not believable. He's a much better just shitbag heel. I'll say that over and over again. I like Drew McIntyre in this. Uh, God, I, I'm sure Buddy Murphy had flashbacks to uh, Brutus the Barber Beefcake when he was a disciple for Ultimate Warrior when they pitched him his new name. And I would not have been fucking happy and excited about that at all. <laughs> I don't want to call the disciple after Ed Leslie was that. Although he was super jacked when he was when when he was a disciple. Um, how do you feel about Ed, Ed Leslie, Chris? I, I mean, how do you feel about the style? <laughs> I was like, how do I feel about Beefcake? Uh, I mean, fine. <laughs> he's jacked, right? Uh, he's drinking them special Hulk Hogan drinks. That's how you get buff. Say your prayers. Take your vitamins. Um, <laughs> I thought uh, the set thing was a bit weird for me, but it's been a bit weird for me. And 
I don't. I. I, I mean, is the build up that they're going to try to put Buddy Murphy over now? <laughs> what? What is the end goal to this? To this Messiah? Uh, also, Seth every week's like, I'm going to take the title and then I'm going to be the everyone's the guy that all the fans have to look to. I'm the Messiah. It's very, very. It's very bad. Dane's very bad. It's bad. I want. I want. Um. Like I said, I think it's very – I think Drew's going to beat him, and I would love Kevin Owens involved in the picture. I don't know what's going on as far as maybe if it's traveling with Quebec or whatnot, but maybe we can get him into that thing. Um, Jinder's also another possibility. For Seth next, though, I want to I want a thing with him and Aleister Black. I want Aleister Black to bring him, uh, you know, maybe crucify his ass. Uh, I think that would be a lot of fun, <laughs> especially with Buddy Murphy involved in their past. You know, yeah, I mean, okay, <laughs> they've tried this crucifixion angle before, and <laughs> that's gonna go so well. How do they get the big boss man up, man? That's gonna be fucking hard. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, he did. He 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 fed Al Snow a dog. So if anyone deserved crucifixion, he boss man would it. be on the list. <laughs> Almost like Scott Tennerman, man. All right, um, so just to talk about the ratings because it's been things slipping. Uh, basically, this week's was the lowest um, or the second lowest viewership numbers in company history. Um, we've talked about this. There is a lack of stuff on television, so you would think that WWE might have an advantage of being something that's live. Uh, obviously, that's not the case, but at the same time, ratings – are not what they were measured by as much as they were back in the day. But still, it had 1.82 million viewers. Uh, on the first hour, it was 1.95. And then the second hour drew 1.89. And then it dropped to 1.62 for the third hour. One of my biggest things, it's the amount of hours the show has. There's no reason for the third hour. It's so slogging to try to get there. And it doesn't matter if you have a big thing between Edge and Randy Orton. People just don't end up tuning in, you know. So that's that's going to be a problem with, with Raw past this epidemic and everything fucking else with them dropping that third hour. But either way, they want that advertisement money. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's still not good, um, you know. To put in perspective, even though they're not doing as well, Wednesday – I mean, they're not going to get to to 1.82 for AEW, but they're getting closer and closer to a million. And like Matt Morgan was saying, like back in the day, TNA at least, um, I don't know if it was viewers or if, if it was ratings or viewers, but they used to clear past the ratings that, that they've been getting at Raw. And I didn't even realize that TNA at one point was even clearing like close to 2 million viewers, Chris. Well, you didn't realize that because Matt Morgan's full of absolute shit. <laughs> they never got close to that number. Not even on. I think the highest they ever got was like 1.2, 1.3 million as far as a rating goes. So maybe he's talking about percentages or something else. But Matt, if not, Matt Morgan's drunk. If he ever thought TNA got close to 2 million, that never happened. Well, either way, what, what do you have to say about the 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 you know the ratings decline with WWE and this being their second you know worst of all time. So they had their first work uh, worst a couple of weeks ago, right? So 
this would be their second worst of mo- the what we call the modern era of wrestling. Um, I mean, not super surprising. It's after Mania. They're building storylines, but it's building to a pay-per-view without Lesnar, without Goldberg, without some of those bigger names. And I think TV da- is down just in general. Uh, you know, I part of it is people stay at home all day working or not working or people can't afford their cable or there's a bazillion different reasons why people would not be watching TV um, right now during all of this that points to, I don't necessarily think this is a wrestling fan. I, I like, I think this is just a ratings in general thing outside of maybe the news and a few other choice things. Um, it's really, really hard to judge anything wrestling. I mean, NXT and AEW are both down as well. I think we'll see. They were hitting, let's say if they both were averaging around 800,000 with AEW winning out most weeks right now, they were sitting, as far as I looked earlier, they were sitting below 700,000 for both those shows. As far as an average goes, AEW slightly won, but it wasn't by like a landslide or anything. I think people are either A, tired of watching TV because they've watched a lot of it, or B, they're they don't have cable and these shows show up on cable with the exception of Fox. I think that's something to keep in mind is that, you know, unless you're watching these on some other platform, some of the viewers you're losing are because they can't afford to pay their cable bill. As shitty as that sounds. No, I mean, that makes sense uh, a lot. So I pulled up the, the the gist of it. I don't. I honestly, maybe I'm an idiot. I don't know the difference between viewership and and ratings uh, themselves. Uh, but apparently, Impact, the highest rating they ever had was a 1.35, and the most viewership they ever had was two million viewers. So I don't really, and they're both separate occasions. So I don't know. And I'm assuming that's when Bischoff and Hulk Hogan were there. So um, Nielsen ratings take an account of how many people live in a household per TV set, and then that would affect what viewership is considered. But they I also didn't so. have they didn't have DVR numbers then, really. Which now, if you factored in DVR numbers for both Raw, SmackDown, AEW, and NXT, they would still be smoking those numbers. Not to say that that wasn't a big thing for TNA back in the day, but you also have to keep in mind, and I think we've talked about this briefly before. That during that time period, if I'm not mistaken, WWE is still ha- still had three million viewers watching Raw, so it was still like a drop in the bucket to what WWE was doing at the time, or at least an average of what AEW is doing now. Yeah, makes sense. Well, just uh, just found that interesting. Um, all right, so let's just go over the Money in the Bank um, matches themselves. What we have so far. Uh, we're going to find out, obviously, one more for Raw for the person that's taking uh, Apollo Crews' place and then one from SmackDown. But we got Daniel Bryan, Aleister Black, Rey Mysterio, and King Corbin. Um, so far, most of those sound pretty exciting, I would say, right? <laughs> Did you just say a Corbin match sounds exciting? Well... Uh, Alistair Black, Rey Mysterio, Daniel Bryan, and the prospects of two other people that are going to be good with King oh. Corp. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, no. Sounds good. <laughs> um, and then the, the, the women's one, 
so far, Asuka, Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax, uh, Dana Brooks, Lacey Evans, and one more to be determined. Uh, I'm assuming that might be going to Liv Morgan, but it could be a SmackDown person. I have no idea. Uh, yeah, I think that's going to be a fun match. And um, with Shayna specifically, do you think that she has to win? I mean, if she doesn't, that the writing's on the wall with that, I I, I feel. I mean, or unless they're going to give it to Nia Jax, which I could see them fucking doing as well. Maybe Lacey <laughs> Evans. It seems like it's one of those three to me. I would love Asuka, but that's not going to happen. I mean, what about like someone like Naomi that's kind of out of the blue? Well, she lost, but maybe they're going to have another match with the ladies that lost to be able to get that qualifier. So I can Oh, see yeah, that's true. She did lose the qualifier. You're right. So maybe Lacey Evans, depth, like kind of like a Zack Ryder, Dolph Ziggler moment kind sure. of thing. I could see that. I, I don't feel like they're going to put it on Nia or Shayna because maybe they want that match. But if they're if they're gonna do either, I would say you just give it to Shayna, and then Shayna challenges Becky at the next pay per view. Heads up, and some kind of stip match or something. Yeah, I could definitely see that. All right, well, I think that we've gotten a huge chunk of uh, stuff to talk about, and what's great is that we're we're saving the best for our last show of this week, if you will, on Saturday, uh, because Saturday we're gonna be talking about NXT. We're going to be talking about AEW, which both had, I think, great shows, great matches. One of the situations where I think some of the NXT matches might have been overall better, but AEW with the storytelling, God, they're just two great shows. Uh, And we're going to go over the dark side of the ring, SmackDown, and also talk about what we're going to say, you know, the, the, the debate, if you will. Not really debate, but a conversation on Macho Man Randy Savage, Eddie Guerrero, comparing them and their body of work. So sounds like it's going to be a lovely show. Chris, say goodbye to all the wonderful people out there in TV land. Thank you guys so much. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, talk to me about wrestling, about sports, about, I don't know, life, if you're that bored. Uh, You can get at me at at Chris R. Patton on Twitter or Christopher.R.Patton on Facebook and Chris.R.Patton on Instagram. Uh, if you like hockey, check out Skate's Throats. Got a new show posted for you guys. Also, did uh, the Geek Vibes Nation versus episode that's up, where we talk about uh, lots of things from the '90s, you know, tsunami and uh, movies and all sorts of things. What what we thought w- was best. I think I represented very well for for both of my shows. But uh, yeah, make sure you guys check that stuff out. And uh, Dane, once again, to host this show with you, man. It's always fun, buddy. Always enjoy it. Always the highlights of my week. And uh, not only hanging out with Chris, which is always great, but hanging out with you guys, too. And thank you guys for listening, all of our new listeners. Hope you guys keep on listening. If you guys want to, go to geekvibesnation.com. That's geekvibesnation.com. You'll find a bunch of different slew of articles for movies, comic books, wrestling, what have you. If if there's a geek-related concept We usually cover it. Uh, You can also find links to our Instagram, our Twitter, and our Facebook at Geek Fives Nation. So join Geek Fives Nation. Join the conversation. And like I said, you can find us on any audio platform. We're on YouTube. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes. Just search Wrestling Geeks Alliance. And for all the Geek Fives shows, Geek Fives Nation, you'll be able to find them. Um, And, uh, yeah, just uh, can't wait to have the next show for you guys Saturday. 
Enjoy the rest of your week. Please stay safe. Wear this together, as crazy as it's getting, especially here in Georgia. But love you guys. Have a wonderful evening. Peace out. And let the good vibes. Oh, man. All right, let's start over. I'm now John Cena. We're live, pal. I'm, I'm John Cena in 2001 when he used to reverse himself. She put out a reverse promo. Thank you guys so much. Have a wonderful evening. Peace out. And let the geek vibes be with you. All right. Bye.